I'm lacking a little bit in the jolly factor. Hey, guys. Shh. I think I'm lacking a little bit in the jolly factor. I think I should talk to Justin about that, see if I could try to get a little bit more jolly. You know what I'm talking about. Um, Cool. So uh, it's Christmas. It's really exciting. Uh, growing up when I was little, I was so excited about Christmas time, right? And this is like, we're talking like six and seven-year-old Josh, right? And so yes, family's great, and there's great food, and Christmas lights are awesome, and like singing's great, but six-year-old Josh, he's all about the presents, right? I was so excited. Um, I used to like, I would like count how many days it was until Christmas, and then we'd literally be like, like checking off like the number of days, like from a hundred all the way down to one, right? My mom, actually, she hand-sewed these things that you would hang on the wall, and you would tie Hershey's Kisses to it, and it would count down till Christmas, right? So every day you got to take a Hershey's Kiss off the thing, and it was like one day closer to Christmas, you know? And I couldn't take it. I was so excited. Wake up in the morning, you come downstairs, and you just see all of these, like, presents under the Christmas tree, and they've got your name on it, and some of them are from Santa, and you're just like, oh, this is so exciting! I, I could not handle it as a child. I was so, so overjoyed at that idea, right? But then the worst thing would happen. You get there, you grab your present, you open it up, you're all excited, your face is all lit up in something, and then you open it up, and you're just like, ah, oh, I got socks, right? Just boring old plain white socks, and you're just like, ah, oh, darn it, like, it was such a waste. You put them aside, and you try to grab another present, try to find what you wanted, right? And there used to be such a bummer when you just get some piece of clothing that you didn't want, and you're six years old, so you have no concept of, like, clothes. They just are in your drawer, and they show up. And um, it was just such, like, a letdown. And I was trying to think of, like, why that was sort of, like, a bummer for, you know, for little old me, right? And I came down to three things. The first thing is, it's, it's not what I wanted, Right? You make a Christmas list, uh, you give it to your parents, you write a letter to Santa, and it's just like, this is what I want, right? I didn't put socks on my list. This isn't what I wanted, right? And so that was sort of a bummer for me. I had different expectations. And I, I'm not, like, not going to use them. I'm just going to put them in the drawer, and then like, they'll just vanish, right? Because socks just disappear, you know? And so it's not what I wanted. I'm not going to use it. And sometimes for gifts, they don't work the way we wanted them to, right? Have you guys ever, like, saw something on TV and you wanted it real bad, then you got it, and it's, like, it's smaller than you thought, or, like, the batteries keep falling out, or just, like, it doesn't work the way you wanted it to, you know? I, um, I used to struggle with that so much when I was little. I'd see these great commercials on TV, these super cool action figures and stuff, and then it wouldn't work the way I wanted. And I'd be so bummed about it. It felt like they were lying to me, you know? So, guys, what I did... I went on YouTube, and I actually found the commercial for a toy I used to have from like 1970, uh, ni- I'm not that old, 19, ni- 1997. I'm 45, everyone. Um, so check this commercial out from 1997. Mr. Freeze launches a chilling strike. Blastwing Batman whips his massive cape to cut down the cold criminal. Now Robin comes with his red bird cycle to put evil on ice as Batgirl blasts in to send Freeze to the cooler. Batman and Robin vehicles come with figures. Blastwing Batman sold separately. Oh, isn't that exciting? Oh, dude, like, Batman and Robin had just come out, the really old one. Arnold Schwarzenegger was Mr. Freeze in the movie. I was so stoked. I watched that movie over and over and over again. And then the action figures are there. I literally had uh, the Mr. Freeze action figure that you saw. I had that one. Like, literally, right? And so I remember, like, you see the commercial, and you go, oh, man, like, on this freeze mobile, you push the button, and it, like, fires this missile, and, like, knocks over ice cubes or, like, whatever. And, like, those bat wings, did you see how they were literally cutting off, like, icicles that were hanging on a tree? I was like, oh, man, these things can, like, chop through ice and whatever. But so then, like, you know, 
I get this toy, and don't get me wrong, it was great, but it's like it didn't work exactly how I thought it would, right? That little, like, laser thing on his car, it, it only fired, like, like, just, like, three inches. It didn't fire, like, across the room and shatter ice with its mighty power, you know? It, it was, like, a little bit of, like, a letdown. It wasn't what I wanted, right? So right now, uh, guys, go ahead and grab a Bible and a page of notes, because we got our first point uh, here that I want to bring up, is that we get mad when our expectations aren't met. We get mad when our expectations aren't met. For me, I had all these expectations of like my action figures and what they would be, and it was a letdown, right? A wise person once told me that uh, note takers are history makers, so let's make some history tonight, everybody. So we get mad when our expectations aren't met. We get mad when our expectations aren't met. Um, if you guys would join me in the Bible that you all just grabbed, you guys are so studious, we're going to go to the book of Malachi. Anybody heard of Malachi before? I've heard the whole yeah? I know. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, man. So, Malachi. He is an Old Testament prophet. It's, so we're going to, it's page 943, 943, chapter 3, verse 1, right? And we're going to skip the first sentence there. So... It's 943. We're going to go on this, this mission together. I'm sorry for those of you with shaving cream all over your hands, but I like, the, I like the elbow work you're doing. Maybe you can share with somebody. And it's up on the screen, too. So um, we're talking about, uh, we're going to talk about the Messiah, okay? And we don't really know who the Messiah is. Maybe you guys do, but this is Old Testament, right? They were expecting somebody, somebody like this, right? This is who the Messiah was supposed to be. Then the Lord you're seeking will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly. They were waiting hundreds and hundreds of years for this Messiah character. Is surely coming. Says the Lord of heaven's armies. Ooh, he's like the commander of the army. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Whoa. Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He'll sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. Jeez, this Messiah guy sounds terrifying. Skip down to verse 5 with me. It'll be up on the screen. At that time, I will put you on trial. I am eager to witness against the sorcerers, the adulterers, the liars. We're going to skip to the end. For these people do not fear me, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Like, whoa. So this guy, this prophet Malachi, he's talking about the coming Messiah, right? And they're expecting this, like, dude, he's like, he's burning away dross. I don't even know what that means. Like, he's removing impurity. But it's like, he's, he's like melting, like, silver and like, like bleaching things. Like, there's, there's a lot of power behind it, right? And it's the, the like, the, the commander of heaven's armies, is, so we've got this idea of this, this Messiah, this individual who is going to like show up and just like, like, tear, like be awesome and powerful, right? Let's go to uh, Isaiah. This is page, page 677. Page 677, chapter 11. We're just going to do two verses from here real quick. It's up on the screen. Page 677, chapter 11, verse 4. He will give justice to the poor. Oh, man, he's like just also. He'll make fair decisions for the exploited. Awesome. The Israelites, they felt really exploited for a lot of their existence. The earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. Whoa, this dude is going to be able to make earthquakes with his voice? Jeez. Turn the page with me real quick. Let's go to verse 10. It's up at the top on the left side. In that day... 
the heir to David's throne. So King David was their favorite king, right? So he's going to be the heir to the throne. He's going to be a king with a banner of salvation to all the world. He's going to be like waving a banner. The nations will rally to him. The land where he lives will be a glorious place. He's showing up. He's going to be this king, this ruler, this powerful individual, right? We're going to go once more. Flip, flip him to the left. We're going to the book of Psalms. I got you guys to turn a lot of pages. It was all right. It's going to be page 534. 534. Psalm chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Only ask. This is God talking to the Messiah. Only ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. You will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Like, whoa! Right? Like, dude, I'm, I'm pumped for this Messiah character, right? He's going to be like, like, I don't even know, like Malachi was like going on about, and then Isaiah, and then like we had this great psalm about him, you know? Like, I, bet, I bet when the Messiah comes, right, it's, he's going to be like, this, like this, this winged creature. This is what they thought way back when. They thought he's going to be like this, like this angelic like thing showing up like with a sword and like super like powerful, right? Smashing nations like clay pots or whatever. I think, you know... Um, Hang on just a sec, but I think like, you know, this is what they were expecting, right? And I think like in today's terms, you know, if we're talking about this, this Messiah character that, that they were thinking was coming in the Old Testament, it'd be like something like this, right? It'd be Jesus on like raptor back, like riding in, right? But he's not just riding a raptor, he's got like weaponry with him. We got Jesus on raptor back with like a lightsaber, right? Like if we're going to Old Testament, this is what, it, this is what like we would think, right? This is what they thought. They thought it was this, this individual. They thought it was like Jesus riding in on a ship, like shooting lasers out of his eyes or something. But, like, but he wasn't just doing that. It's like he could conquer the nations. He could conquer the world. He could conquer aliens or something too. Like This is what they thought. They were expecting something like this, something out of this world, something we'd never seen before, right? And what they got was something a lot different, right? We know that Jesus didn't ride in on a raptor with a lightsaber, right? Like, Jesus didn't meet their expectations. They got something a little different. So, that's our second point, is what they, what they wanted, they wanted a warrior king, right? But they didn't quite get it. Let's see what they got. Everybody, if you could go to page 1010 in your Bible. We're going to look at Luke, and this is where we're going to camp out for a little bit. So, sorry for making you flip a lot of pages, but it was important so that we could learn who they thought the Messiah was. So go ahead and go to page 1010 with me. It's going to be Luke chapter 2. And so what's happened, it's, if you've heard the nativity story before, we've got this woman named Mary. This angel tells her that she's going to give birth to a son, and it's going to be the son of God. It's going to be Jesus, right? So she and her like, fiancé at the time, Joseph, they end up having to travel back to Joseph's hometown of Bethlehem. That was where they, like, they were going to go be counted for this like, census. She ends up giving birth in like, a stable in a manger, right? And it's like dirty and smelling. There's animals and stuff. But it's this really cool thing that like, just happened, this miracle, right? And so they just did this big journey. She just gave birth. And we're going to check out verse 8 up at the top. So it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. What's interesting about this, if we just pause right there, so that night, so it's nighttime, right? And so there's shepherds guarding their flocks. At that time, if you were a chief shepherd, like in charge of other shepherds, you worked during the day, 
because that was like the good time to work, right? No one wanted the night shift. So the night shift went to the youngest shepherds, right? The shepherds in training, basically, which means that these shepherds were probably like 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. So these are like junior high shepherds. So imagine yourself, guys. You're like, you're like hanging out at night. You're counting your sheep. You're trying not to fall asleep. And then something happens. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. That would be terrifying. Like, they talk about angels in the Bible like they have a face like lightning, like eyes like burning fire. So, like, foo, there's just this angel here, and they're just like, whoa, jeez. And it says, he appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. So they're sitting in the dark, and then suddenly, boom, this beacon light goes up, and they're just like, ah, and there's this guy there, this angelic being that's just radiating like light and glory, and it's like, whoa, and it says they were terrified, right? They're freaking out, right? You're there chilling, you're wrapped up in your tunic and cloak, all bundled up and warm, and then, boom, this terrifying being shows up. But the angel reassured them, it says, don't be afraid. And they're just like, yeah, geez, like Methuselah over here already peed his tunic. Like, we're terrified of you, man. And he says, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And so these, these, these junior hires, they've been raised with the teachings of like the, that psalm we read or Isaiah or Malachi. These are like the heroes of their culture. And so they know about this Messiah that's going to show up and just redeem the nation and destroy the Roman Empire and have an iron rod and smash nations and everything. So he says, good news of great joy to all people. And they're like, wait, are you, are you talking about? And the angel's like, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, where Mary and Joseph just went to be counted, the city of David. And they're like, the Messiah, oh my gosh. Wait, he was born? Shouldn't he be like descending from the heavens like in like a bolt of lightning or something? So they're, they're a little confused at this point, probably. The Messiah, oh my gosh, he's here. We've waited for him. He's going to be super powerful, right? He was born. Interesting. And the angel says, and you will recognize him by this sign. And they're like, ooh, the sign of the Messiah. What's it going to be? Like a volcano erupting? The earth shaking at his voice? What's the sign going to be? You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. What? Like, is he... <laughs> exactly. Is, is, is the Messiah next to the baby? Like he just saved the baby out of a burning building and there's like bears attacking him and he's fending him off with one hand? Like, no. <laughs> exactly, right? That's absurd. Um, it's like, no, like, that's the sign. There's, there's a baby. And they're like, okay. But what's so cool here is that he says this baby in the manger and they're like, all right, that doesn't, that doesn't meet our expectations. What do you mean? So suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. Right, so Malachi and Isaiah, they both talked about these, the, the armies in heaven, right? And this Messiah was going to be the ruler of the armies in heaven. So suddenly the angel is joined by all of these, all these individuals, these armies, and they're saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to, the, <clears throat> with whom, sorry, to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village. They found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. So there he is. They, what's so cool about these junior high shepherds, they didn't miss it, right? They had this expectation of the coming Messiah, of this amazing, astonishing thing. But they were like, well, it might look a little different than we expected. 
but that's still okay. That's still great. And so they don't miss Jesus on Christmas. He wasn't the Messiah they thought exactly, but what they do is they, they go anyway. They go to see what's going on. And so the last verse we'll look at. After seeing him, the shepherd the shepherds, they, they got excited. They were like, this is the Messiah. This, this has to be him. The angel told us about him. The shepherds, they told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about the child. But all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. I think that's interesting right there. It doesn't say everyone else got stoked, right? These shepherds, they, they were expecting this Messiah, but they had these wonderful, like, adolescent minds that were like, you know what? It's not what I expected, but it's, it's the Messiah. It's going to be great. He's going to rise up and change the world, right? They didn't miss it. And so they went out, they started telling people, and everybody, they're, they're astonished. They're not excited. They're not exuberant. They're not celebrating, like, Besides, like, the, the three wise men who are coming, no one else goes to see the Messiah. And these shepherds told everybody in the town. They were shocked. They didn't know what to do with that information. It did, Jesus didn't meet their expectations. What they wanted was a warrior king. But our third point, what they got was just a poor, dirty baby. Yeah, he's born in a manger. He's very dirty. So... They didn't get what they were expecting, right? But Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, the wise men, they got it, right? They were able to figure this out. But the people that didn't get it were most everybody in Jesus' life. He changed so many lives, but there were so many more that couldn't accept him. And we know how that story ends with him. It ends with them uh, nailing him to the cross. And so my question for us is, would we have missed Jesus, right? If we were expecting something else, would we have missed it? And I think, honestly, the question for us is, it, we probably would have. You think, like, no, I wouldn't have missed it. And it's like, really? Like, I bet there's stuff in our life right now that, we are, that we're just totally missing because they're, they don't look like how we expect, Right? So let's say, like, our, let's take our talents, right? Maybe you really like art. You really like drawing or painting. But the problem is it, it doesn't look the way you feel like it should. Your, your expectation of how things turn out is always, like, a little off, right? Or maybe, yeah, right? Or maybe, like, it's, it's singing or playing music, right? Maybe you don't feel like you sing as well as you think you ought to. Or, like, the, the music doesn't come out as, as good as you think. Or maybe you can't dribble, shoot, kick, throw, catch, swim, jump, climb, you can't do that as well as you feel like you should. So you think, oh, I must not be gifted in that. That doesn't meet my expectations, or you can't act and memorize lines, or whatever it is. Maybe we feel like it should look like this, but it doesn't. And so, obviously, I don't have this gift. So how many of us, we're not trying out for the team, we're not auditioning for the play, we're not joining the band, because we have different expectations, and so we miss our talents. Or like, let's say friendships, right? I wonder how many friendships we're missing out on because we have this list of this is what a friend looks like. Always there for me whenever I need them. We never fight. They give me money every day. Like, they, um, they do all my homework for me. Like, it's like we have this list of like what the perfect friend would be, right? But then we look around and no one meets that expectation. So how many friendships do we lose out on? Or what about family? Um, family's a tough one, I think especially around Christmas time. Because we learn about Christmas as this time of family and togetherness, right? 
But maybe this is the first Christmas where mom and dad aren't together anymore. Maybe you spent Thanksgiving with your mom, and now you're going to spend Christmas with your dad, or vice versa, or something, something has changed. Maybe um, your dog, who you love so much for your whole life, isn't here this time. And maybe there's some traditions that had to change because you moved houses, or you changed cities, or whatever it is. Because suddenly, this Christmas doesn't meet our expectations, we might miss it. We might miss what's around us, all of the love that's in our family, all of the, the great things that happen at this time. So we got to make sure, we got to make sure that even though sometimes our expectations aren't met, just like the expectations of the Messiah were met differently than they expected, but Jesus was so great and amazing and way even better than what they thought. It just looked different. I think this Christmas, this, the gifts we have, they'll be even better than we thought. They might just look a little different for us. So that brings us to our big idea for tonight, guys. And it's, I'm surrounded by great gifts. I just need to notice them. We've got these great, amazing gifts all around us. We just have to see them. Let me pray for you guys real quick. Lord, I I praise you and thank you for all of the amazing gifts that you have given us, Lord. I thank you for the amazing talents and abilities that we have. I thank you for the great friendships we have. I thank you for the wonderful families that we have. And God, even though sometimes things might look a little different, Lord, I pray that we would be able to see the wonderful gifts that are around us. Lord, we pray all of these things in your name. Amen. (laughs) And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Death Star Dodgeball! Let's do it! Me too! Oh yeah! 